hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So we started a new series last week, and I thought it was appropriate to start the series on on Pentecost Sunday, a series talking about what it means to be a disciple. And the important thing that I wanted to get across is sometimes we, we think about a disciple as something that you do. And, and it is. Being a disciple is something that you do. You, you do the things that a, disciple, that a disciple does. But being a disciple is, is something way more important than that. Being a disciple is understanding the first two things that we talked about last week. We talked about knowing who God is. And then this week we are talking about being a disciple, you know who you are. Knowing who you are as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So as we prepare to hear God's word this morning, I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Let us pray. And as we pray these words from Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul. Let my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits to me. Who forgives all my sins. Who heals me from all my diseases. Who redeems my life from the pit. And crowns me with love and compassion who fulfills all our desires with good things and renews our youth like the eagles. Praise the Lord, my soul. Let my inmost being praise his holy name. Oh God, as we continue in this series on being a disciple, we pray that you let the words of my mouth And the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in my sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So I I picked up that part of Psalm 103 at the beginning of January when I went to a a, a prayer school by a a pastor by the name of Brian Zahn, who is a pastor up in St. Joseph, Missouri. And... That was a part and is a part of my normal morning prayer routine that I do whenever I wake up in the morning and I, I go and sit and I go through my, my list of prayers for the day. And, and I love that prayer because it really has an emphasis on my soul, uh, about, about how I take my soul and how I lift my soul up to God and say, God, I know that this is a part that, that sometimes we, we tend to ignore. We, we think about our physical needs, we think about our mental needs, but we forget about how you have knit us together in our souls. And Lord, every morning I want to lift my soul up to you and let you take that soul and, and hold it and nourish it and guide it. That's why I wanted to start this message off today to say, you have a soul. 
and that soul is vitally important. We, we have a tendency to ignore our souls. We, we have a tendency to worry about all the other things in our life, and we, we still have this deep hunger. We still have this deep desire inside of us, and the only way that we can fulfill that desire is when we lift our souls up to God. If you've been around for a while, you know that I have a sentence that I like to say, and I actually have part of it written on a piece of paper that's taped up to my desk in my office. It's a sentence by uh, James Bryant Smith, who uh, says over and over again, I am one in whom Christ dwells and delights, and I live in God's unshakable kingdom. God's kingdom is never in trouble and neither am I. I, I, I love that, that reference, and I, I love that sentence because it reminds me that I am safe and secure in God's kingdom. Whatever may be happening around in the world around us, I will always be secure because my life is hidden in Christ. Well, there's another sentence that I have added because of this series, and it's one that if you look at the front of your bulletin, you can see it written there, and I have it written up on the screen too. And this is a, a sentence by uh, Dallas Willard, who was, uh, Jim Smith was a student of Dallas Willard, and Dallas Willard had this quote that says, we are an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. Hold that really quick and think about that. We are unceasing spiritual beings with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. If there is absolutely nothing else you get from this message today, I want you to get that. We talk about who we are and how we are made. It is important that we remember that, that we are spiritual beings. We, we are more than just the bodies that you see in front of you or, or, or the mind that, that we, we share with other people. We are unceasing spiritual beings that will exist long after our bodies wear away and, and, and get planted in the ground somewhere or, or, or scattered somewhere. God has created us with a soul. And that soul is what connects us with our Creator. As we continue to look at how it is, how to be a disciple, we, we talked about God coming, being a part of the community that we celebrate, and, and God being a part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a, a, a total community and love that, that we are being invited into, to participate with, to, to join in. And we do that with the souls that God has given us. Paul talks a little bit about this in our scripture for today as a letter that he wrote to the Colossians in chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. I invite you to open up your Bibles to follow along, or we'll have the words printed on the screen for you to follow. Paul writes to the Colossians, So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, Continue to live your lives in him, 
rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In Christ, that is how we are to live our lives. We live our lives a as, as created spiritual beings in Christ. This was a very important phrase for Paul. If, if you look at all of his letters that he wrote, the phrase in Christ appears over 70 times, depending on what translation, uh, how, how they translate it. But, but over seven times, it makes us to see that it is important to understand that we live our lives within Christ. That is where we have our, our, our being, our, our, our fullness, our, our wholeness is in and through him. It means what Paul is saying is that we take time to surrender our lives to God fully as we live with Christ in us. We, we live with Christ in our body, in our, in our minds, and in our soul. It is so important, and it is something that, that expands the, the, the traditions of the, of the Christian church and of the Jewish community through a, a little important verse that we find in Deuteronomy called the, the Shema. And, and this, this passage starts out by saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And, and then as you move through it, this, this important passage, we hear words that we hear echoed through Jesus. Those words that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. You see, even back in the Old Testament, when this, is, this law is given to the Jewish people, they knew how important it was to take care of your body, your mind, but also to take care of your soul. That gift that, that is given to us through our Creator. Later in the Synoptic Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus comes in contact with the Pharisees who, who want to try to trip him up, and they, they ask him this question, and, the, and this question leads into what we know as the Great Commandment. And I'm going to take it from Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, as the Pharisee asks Jesus, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend on the law and the prophets. So Jesus affirming what, what was lifted up in De Deuteronomy, reminding the people that, that they are not just something that is just around and, and just going through life, but they are very, very important. 
every single aspect of them is, is created by God and for God and to be lifted up in an offering to God. It is a reminder that our bodies are more than just what some may call an accidental united lump of something. But it is of value. It is of importance. It is sacred. When we take the opportunity to give our full selves to God, knowing that our lives are sacred, we then have a sacred story, a sacred body, and a sacred longing for God that is at our core. See, Jesus wanted those that he was talking to and the Pharisee to understand that, that what they had was sacred. What they had was valuable. What they had was important. And what we do with important things is that we lift them up to God and, and we allow those things to be, be held by God. And when we look at the false narratives in the world around us that tells us who we are and what we are, we, we miss the full blessing that God has for each and every one of us. Paul continues to, to warn us about these negative philosophies that, that, that are passed around us, the, these negative philosophies that are to not be taken captive by, that, that are hollow and that are deceptive. I think what those negative philosophies are for today is that we have a lot of false narratives that we try to live our own lives by. We have false narratives that include that you might think yourself as an accident. You may think that God loves you conditionally. What, what, what is it that you do that allows God to love who you are? And then I think one of the most dangerous false narratives that, that people live in is that all that matters is that one day I'm going to get to heaven. All that I care about is one day I will be there, and, and if I get that ticket to go to heaven, I will be just fine. But see, those are false narratives. Those, those are narratives that don't allow us to live into the full body, mind, and soul that God has created us with. We must take those false narratives and then we must turn them into the true narratives. So instead of hearing that you are an accident, hearing that you are wanted by God... That God desires you. God wants to be in relationship with you. Or like one of my best friends, Jay, says all the time, God is madly in love with you. Instead of the false narrative is that God loves you conditionally. How about the narrative that you are loved by God because you are loved by God? There, there is no conditional about that. God loves you because, as we heard in the song, because of who we are. There's nothing that we can try to do to try to earn God's love. But Jesus loves us unconditionally and wants us to live as his beloved children. And here's the one that's kind of tricky. Instead of all that matters is going to heaven... What if we were to replace that narrative with 
Christ lives in you right here and right now. We don't have to wait to go to heaven to have Christ living inside of us. We don't have to wait to go to heaven to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. We can have that relationship right here and right now. But the fact of the matter is, and I know that I am guilty of this all the time, is that I search for answers outside of God's will. And I try to fill all the deepest desires that I have with with the things that the world tells me that I need to be concerned about. But Jesus tells us what happens whenever we try to do that. Jesus reminds us in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for the soul for their soul see see when we try to encompass what the world tells us to encompass we are slowly giving our soul away to who our soul doesn't belong to we we, we try to give our souls away to to someone or or something that honestly doesn't care about our souls it cares about power it cares about strength it cares about getting its own way. It cares about what's in it for them and what's not in it for Christ. We do have an answer to our longing. And the answer that we have for our longing rests within the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Today is, is, is Trinity Sunday, and we have to understand and realize that, that once we give our souls over to the triune God, that the triune God will meet the unlimited need of our souls. And I can say that because I know that when we have our unlimited needs of our soul matched by the unlimited grace of God, then our souls are made whole. Then our souls are made to have purpose, and that our souls are able to live out that purpose in Christ. You see, the good news, my friends, is that, that God has created our needy souls and by his grace provided that all our souls will ever need is, as Paul would say over and over again in his letters, all we need to fulfill our souls is in Christ to have our lives made full and whole with and through him. So I'm going to give you a date. That date is August the 31st, 2022. I'm going to be starting a new devotional or Bible study series called the Good and Beautiful Series. It is written by James Bryant Smith, and there are four books that are a part of the series. And in this, we are going to start a journey to look who we are as followers of Christ, as souls created for God, and how we live out our lives in Christ and in community. I don't have a sign-up for it yet or anything, but I wanted to start getting you to think about that. What does it mean for us to live with a good and beautiful God? What does it mean to live with the good and beautiful you, to have a good 
and beautiful life and to live in a good and beautiful community. This, this series is going to be a long series. I, it's not going to be just a eight-week series and we'll be done, but it'll be a full look at how do we live as disciples of Jesus Christ. How, how do we allow our souls to rest fully in him so that we can share that love and grace with our neighbor? See, that, that's the beautiful thing about what Jesus said with the uh, great commandment. He not only wants us to see how God loves and cares for each and every one of us, but God wants us to see the beautiful souls that are in the neighbors around us and to be in ministry to them and to be in ministry with them and to share that grace in a way that brings life and life abundantly. Let us pray. Oh God, you have given us the opportunity to see who you are and how we live our lives in honor and worship for you. But Lord, sometimes that misses the mark. And when I say it misses the mark, I say that because it, it doesn't take into reflect who we are who you have created us to be, the life that you have given us, the life that we are called to share with our neighbors. So God, as we continue to see what it means to be a disciple, help us to look inside of our souls and see that, that deep longing that can only be filled through you through your love and through your grace, through the power of your word and through the strengthening of the community around us. And so God, we lift this prayer up to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>